Good morning. Today is Tuesday, the 28th of January, 2020. Our readings this morning are Psalm 45, Genesis 15, 1 through 11 and 17 through 21, and Hebrews 9, 1 through 14. Nations shall come to your light and rulers to the brightness of your rising. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to to God with psalms. For God is a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In God's hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are God's also. The sea is God's, for God made it and God's hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For this is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to God's voice. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore her. Psalm 45. My heart overflows with a goodly theme. I address my verses to God. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. Oh, forgive me. Um... This psalm, Psalm 45, is a celebration of the king's wedding. It's a song to the king's wedding to a foreign princess. Um, So although the metaphor is for the king as Messiah, we should probably not interchange king for God as I just did. So let me start that one over. My heart overflows with a goodly theme. 
I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your glory and majesty. In your majesty ride on victoriously for the cause of truth and to defend the right. Let your right hand teach you dread deeds. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Your royal scepter is a scepter of equity. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh, are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. Hear, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your people in your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your lord, bow to him. The people of Tyre will seek your favor with gifts, the richest of the people with all kinds of wealth. The princess is decked in her chamber with gold-woven robes. In many colored robes she is led to the king. Behind her, the virgins, her companions, follow. With joy, and glad with joy and gladness they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. In, place, in the place of ancestors, you, O king, will have sons. You will make them princes in all the earth. I will cause your name to be celebrated in all generations. Therefore, the peoples will praise you forever and ever. Praise to the holy and undivided trinity one god as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever amen A reading from genesis chapter 15 verses 1 through 11 and 17 through 21 after these things the word of god came to abram in a vision do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of God came to him, this man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed God, and God reckoned it to him as righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. He brought, them all, he brought him all these, he brought God all these, and cut them in two, 
laying each half over against the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, God made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephraim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle M, A Song of Faith, taken from 1 Peter 1, 3-4 and 18-21. Blessed be the God and Creator of our gracious Jesus Christ. By divine mercy we have a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have an inheritance that is imperishable in heaven. The ransom that was paid to free us was not paid in silver or gold, but in the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb, without spot or stain. God raised Jesus from the dead, and gave Jesus glory so that we might have faith and hope in God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 1 through 14. Now even the first covenant had regulations for worship in an earthly sanctuary, for a tent was constructed, the first one, in which were the lampstand, the table, and the bread of the presence. This is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a tent called the Holy of Holies. In it stood the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant. overlaid on all sides with gold, in which there were a golden urn holding the manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot speak now in detail. Such preparations having been made, the priests go continually into the first tent to carry out their ritual duties. But only the high priest goes into the second, and he but once a year, and not without taking the blood that he offers for himself and for the sins committed unintentionally by the people. By this the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the sanctuary has not yet been disclosed as long as the first tent is still standing. This is a symbol of the present time, during which gifts and sacrifice, sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper but deal only with food and drink and various baptisms, regulations for the body imposed until the time comes to set things right. But when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. 
for if the blood of goats and bulls with the sprinkling of the ashes of a heifer sanctifies those who have been defiled so that their flesh is purified how much more will the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to god purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living god hear what the spirit is saying to god's people thanks be to god I believe in God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, their only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and who was born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, who descended to the dead. On the third day, Christ rose again, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our God in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your queendom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Save your people, God, and bless your inheritance. Govern and uphold us now and always. Day by day we bless you. We praise your name forever. God, keep us from all sin today. Have mercy on us, God, have mercy. God, show us your love and mercy, for we put our trust in you. In you, God, is our hope, and we shall never hope in vain. Give us grace, O God, to answer readily the call of our Savior Jesus Christ and proclaim to all people the good news of Christ's salvation, that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of Christ's marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. 
Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you, through our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to go straight um, to the New Testament reading and kind of talk about everything else within that context. So what we see here in this section of Hebrews 9 is the overcoming of the restrictions of the old covenant. And we have the covenant that God made with Abraham described in our Old Testament, right? It's this covenant made in blood. It's an ancient practice where they walk through the dismembered or the cut in half animals, like literally trotting through the blood, the two um, parties who are making the covenant. And they are symbolically saying, may this happen to me, this utter destruction and waste if I, if I break this covenant. And God is represented by fire, um, walking through this like bloody trail, or it might have even been more like a ditch. I'm not entirely sure between the dismembered bodies. So we have that to compare to, and then we have um, this description of of the two tents and these barriers to God and the priests offering sacrifices and blood for themselves and for God. So we've got the blood of the animals continuing here. And then um, the writer of Hebrews tells us that Christ has done this for once and for all, that Christ's blood absolves us of all of our sins. And I think that this is something that we talk about a lot in our church. But it's really hard to kind of wrap our understanding around and then to really know. And I feel like we maybe just need to sit with this for a minute. This is tremendous. And I think that... think that this is something that that gets distorted and I want to really get at the real understanding of it so may the Holy Spirit grant us some understanding because I feel like often in our church we say yes your sins are forgiven but and there's a million things that come after that but but 
the suffering that you're undergoing right now is punishment for those sins. What does forgiveness mean? I think that would be a really interesting study for us, plumbing the depths of theological understanding of forgiveness. It's tremendous. I believe that God's forgiveness means that our sins are not held against us, that they are gone. It is if they never existed. It is an incredible and supernatural and beyond human understanding. Thing that happens here that that this ongoing redemption of Christ is absolute and complete and unearned. It cannot be earned. And and there's no there's no caveats. There's no difference. Nobody gets more forgiveness than anybody else. And what we're supposed to do with it is told us here in Hebrews. We are to worship the living God. I wonder if we could today get just a little bit of insight from the Holy Spirit into this miraculous grace. And I wonder if we could shift our energies from guilt and blame and self-criticism, even with, when it's with the best of intentions, even when it's cased in self-reflection and trying to learn and do better, I wonder if we could divert all of our energies from that for just a moment and invest those energies into worshiping the living God. I wonder if just for a minute we could really fully accept God's grace. Really accept that we're forgiven. Everything that we've done and that we're going to do is already forgiven. I wonder if we could just rest in that, forgive ourselves for a moment. Forgive others. I 
what if everything that we've been pouring into chastising ourselves for every mistake that we've ever made, every lesson that we feel like we should have learned, was refocused into experiencing God's grace and bringing God's grace to others, bringing others to God's grace, however you want to put that. God, please help us with this today. Amen. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by the grace of Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>